got your Bible with you this morning, we're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 52. This morning, I'm just going to be looking at three verses. And the Lord has given me a title for, for us today. It's perhaps a title that we should consider all of our days. And it's simply this, living as God intended. And that's what the gospel is in many ways. It's to take a, a people who have went wayward, who have become disfigured with sin, and he has changed us to cause us to live in a certain way. And I want us to focus upon that for a moment this morning, that we become a people who live as God has intended us to live. So Isaiah 52, just the first three verses this morning. This is one of three awakes from God. The first one is where the people cried out to God and they asked him to awake. And the second and the third, and we're looking at the third, is where God responds to his people. And he says to them, now you awake. So they challenge God to awaken, to come and restore. He's heard their cry. And he's saying, right now it's time. Now it's time for the people of God to awake. So let us read together verses 1. Listen to the word of Isaiah speaking to Israel and Judah. Awake, awake. Close yourself in your strength, O Zion. Clothe yourself in your beautiful, beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer come into you. Shake yourself from the dust and rise up. Think of them words. Shake yourself from the dust and rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the chains around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And perhaps one of the most wonderful verses in Isaiah, verse 3. For thus the Lord say, says, You were sold for nothing, and you will be redeemed without money. Praise God. As I've said, we're, we're going to be looking this morning at living as God intended us to live. If you want to see what that's like in a nutshell, consider a young man or woman who is just new to the faith. In their early years, they're on fire from God, for God, and they've got something about them that's just contagious. Do you understand? You, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's this fire, there's this seal for God, there's this attitude that I am done with this world. My focus is now the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And we all have experienced these things, but sadly as time sometimes goes on, we can sometimes get caught up in the wrong things. So living as God intended us. I feel that perhaps this morning there's, a, there's an attitude we want to challenge the spirit of slumber that's found in our land today. So just to challenge that spirit of, of, of apathy that's found in the church. To live as God intended is to live free from the bondage of sin. There's many things, but to be free. We all wrestle with sin, but what the Bible teaches is that in Christ we can be free from its grip, from its burden. And to long to follow the Lord, regardless of what everybody else wants to do. That there's this spirit within us that we just want to serve Christ. Even if the people around us aren't too keen on it, there's something that changes when you're in that place with God. And I suppose as a Christian, I want to ask you just a simple question, just to help you with this this morning. Are you free today in Christ? Simple question that we answer in our own spirits. I ask myself, are you free in Christ today? Are you living the way God has intended you to live? He went to the cross so you could live differently. He paid the price of your sin that you could live as a man or woman who is sinless. That's some of the good news that the gospel talks about. And, and are you free today? Because God wants you to be free today. Are you a slave to Christ? Because when you're a slave to Christ, it brings freedom and it brings purpose to your life. 
Are you slaves of the world? If you are, you'll be bogged down with, with its curse. There's two different types of slavery. One's a slave to the Lord and set free. The other one's a slave to this world and in bondage to its curse. I once heard a story many years ago of a, a young man giving his testimony. I tried to find the story, but I couldn't find it, but I'm going to just try and give that illustration. I, I recall that he spoke about a, a burr, and this burr was in the circus for many years. And then the law had changed throughout the land that it was no longer legal for circuses to, to, to hold captive animals and display them for fun. So this burr, this particular burr, was, was, was taken off the, the stage, if you like. It was left in a cage for many years. And this group of people protested and, and took it to the local authorities to try and get this burr released and rehomed. They finally got that done and they got the burr released. And they got this three-acre bit of ground given to them where in that it was an enclosure, there was rocks, there was a pond for the burr, there was, there was much, there was good food, there was fresh fruit and there was meat. There was, there was everything that that burr needed to live a good life the remainder of his days. What happened, they took the cage to this bit of land, they, they, they opened the door and they, they cut the chain that was around the burr. And it took them three days to get that burr out of that cage. You see, that, that burr wasn't just imprisoned in the cage. That burr was imprisoned in his mind. And I feel that that's what God was saying to my heart to say to your heart this morning, that, that he has set you free. And you're no longer in the prison house of sin, but perhaps in your own mind, you're in the prison house. And today he wants to release you in that. We're going to look at that. He's going to bring you out and into that place where God wants you to be. He wants you to live a certain way, a way that the world notices. Do you understand? A way that your, your people in church will notice. That person's got it. Have you ever heard that? People who say, if somebody say, that person's got it. The Lord's all over their life. They've got it. Truth is, if you're in Christ this morning, you've got it. Maybe a prison cell we need to step out of. And I want to just look at that just briefly this morning. As the people of God, we need to remind ourselves that that we were a people who was once bound by the shackles of sin. Do you recall them days, them awful days? We were once bound by the shackles of sin, but through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are now wonderfully free. Unless you can't answer that question that I asked at the start. Are you free this morning in Christ? Because through the gospel, him who the Son sets free is free indeed. There's no ifs, there's no buts. But the truth is, that some find it difficult to come out of that old prison house of sin and step into what God has for them. There's others who, once they're saved, and I love this type of person, sometimes envy them, that they manage just to shake off them old shackles that once held them down, and they're just wonderfully free. And praise God for that. There is some lucky people that they just get saved, and they're just free. And, and they remain that way. And, and I love it. As I said, I envy it. But it's there for the taking. There's also some who, for the first few years, they live as a free man or woman. And they're constantly excited about the things of God. And then, as if from nowhere, there's something changes in their life. They begin to lose their freedom in Christ. They become somewhat bogged down with the things of, of the world. And they forget what it is to be in the, price, in the blessing of Christ's will. To be in the house of God, there's, there's freedom and there's joy with fellowship. And we see this with Israel. Their beauty, which was given to them by, by God, 
has become disfigured. I want you to see this. It's become disfigured. We recognize them. We even call them the people of God, but, but they're disfigured. And sometimes we feel like that. We feel somewhat disfigured in, in who we are and, and what we ought to be in Christ. But, but this people are still recognized as the people of God. You notice that. They even do what the people of God do. They, they still, if you like, radiate Christ to help us understand in our application, in part. But the problem is the world is also visible in their countenance. Do you see that? They've got this expression of freedom. But, but in and through it, there's this mixture of, of the countenance of the glory of God and there's the mixture of the curse of the world. On one hand, they're free, but they're still burdened down or dragged down by, by the world. It's one of mixed joy and burden. That's not how we are to live in Christ. And the root of all this, both for Israel and for the church, is simply what I bring out as hidden sin. We're always going to wrestle with sin, so we're not going to condemn. Sin something you will fight with. Do you meet the Lord face to face with a new body? It's gone. You'll never experience sin again. But there's what the Bible talks about, I'm going to bring out here, which is hidden sin, that which, well, it's hidden, isn't it? It's that what you think is hidden from everybody and from God. And it actually hinders people. And sin is an everyday habit that you know is wrong and it hinders you from going on with God and living as God intended. And the moment we allow this to happen in our life is the moment that we stop living as God intended us to live. So the moment you allow stuff into your life that you know shouldn't be there is the moment you stop living the way God intended. And there's a, there's a sinister cause behind it. And sin, if allowed to take up residence in our heart, will try to put shackles back on us again. Shackles aren't nice. To be held bound is, is a horrible thing. And that'll leave us spiritually dry and bogged down. Nobody wants to be spiritually dry. Nobody likes to be bogged down. Christ did not die and go to the cross and rise again to give us victory that we can live as one who is bogged down and spiritually dry. Did he? Come on. There's more to that, isn't there? There's a place where God wants you to live. There's a cell that he wants you to come out of. And today, if you will hear his voice as a day, you'll be free from that. There's them living waters that, that should flow with a gushing force from within us. If we look around today, we see at best a shallow well. That's not the way Christ intends his church to live. That's not how we want to live. I can speak on behalf of the session of this church. It's not how we're going to process or progress down the road. We don't want a shallow well. We want to deal with gushing waters. We want to have problems with new converts. We want to struggle with how we're going to disciple those whom Christ has saved. We want bigger problems than dry wells. We want gushing waters. And I would say I could speak on behalf of at least 99% of you today and say, you would say amen to that. Gushing waters as a church, living waters, not dry wells. Hidden sin withholds much blessing. It draws people back into that place of captivity. We see this very clearly with Israel. Let me just point out a few truths about Israel. This is interesting. What sin does and how it, how it captivates, how it, it held, holds people captive. Israel was first held captive in Egypt. We know that God sent Moses, the man for the hour, to set Israel free. He set, they spent 40 years after that in, in the desert. We know that Israel failed to enter the, land, the promised land. They failed to live the life that God had intended them to live. Think of that. God had called Israel to new heights, but they failed through sin. And the fact is that Israel faced many defeats 
because of hidden sin. Now get this, four times, four times in exile, there was Babylon, there was Persia, there was Greece, and then there was a Roman rule over, over Israel. Jews were also exiled in many other countries right throughout Europe. I mean, there's a list. I'm just going to mention a few for the sake of time. In 1190, the Jews were massacred in England during the Third Crusade. In 1242, there was a public burning of the Talmud in Paris. In 1290, all the Jews were expelled from England. Yes, out, go, by. This is the people of God. In 1648, they were, they, were, they were massacred in Ukraine. In 1918, over 60,000 Jews were killed during the Russian Revolution. Then there's the Holocaust. Over 6 million Jews, estimated, were slaughtered. <laughs> Listen, we could go on. But what can we learn from this? At least one thing we can take from this is this. That sin left unchecked in a nation ushered in much pain and sorrow to say the very least. And likewise, sin that's unchecked and unchallenged in a church will open the door to spiritual destruction within its walls. It will hinder the church from living as God intended. And God says, listen, call it out, take it out, and live as God intended you to live. It's not something. Imagine going to the doctor, seriously ill, and he just tells you to go home with a wee antibiotic. Imagine Imagine the deception, yet there's many men and women across the world that will not call it out. But the, the, the Lord challenges us all to challenge it, to take it out that you may live in an abundance. It hinders you from living the way the Lord intended. Listen to this. Israel was called to be a light to the Gentiles. And through Israel, God wanted to show the world his goodness and his mercy. That all the nations would see and what? Come and receive salvation. Does that sound familiar? The church is called, you're called to be a light. The light that displays to the world God's love for them through your life. The display to the world his goodness and his mercy in and through his church. Listen, to live as God intended is to live a life that displays the goodness of God. To live as Christ lived. How did Christ live? He lived full of grace and full of truth. Ask yourself, from the new birth, from you give your life to Christ, can you say your temperament's changed? Are you a man? Are you a woman that lives with truth and grace? Because if you're not, you're not living the way God intended you to live. That's something. To be empowered, to be even to have that within us to live like that. Because we don't live like that in the flesh. When we were in the shackles, we lived against the complete opposite. There was no truth. There was no mercy. I've heard it said, I think it was Sidney Murray said it speaking on the 23rd Psalm, he said this, his goodness looks after my steps. Have you heard it? And his mercy looks after my stumblings. His goodness looks after my steps and his mercy looks after my stumblings. That's the God we serve, but that's also the life that we ought to live. In 2 Kings 17, I'm just going to be brief with it, we see we see what happened to Israel and how she was exiled. Listen to what the scripture says. All this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord. They worshipped other gods. They followed the practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before them. And in verse 9 we see a great danger that hinders the Christian from living as God intended. Verse 9 says this. See if you pick it up. 
the Israelites secretly did things against the Lord that were not right. And here we see the danger of unrepented and hidden sin in a nation and in a life that stops us from living in the freedom of Christ. In verse 13, the Lord warned Israel and Judah through his prophets, through the people of God, the men of God that he sent, to turn away from this way of living. There's a higher call. Come away from it. But we're told then that they didn't listen. They rejected what God said. And get what it says here. It says they followed worthless idols and them themselves became worthless. Think of that word, worthless. If you told somebody they were worthless, you would highly offend them and you deserve to be rejected and rebuked. Yet God says this, because they followed worthless idols, they themselves became worthless. Israel was destined to be something wonderful. She was destined to be used of God. But Israel became nothing more than something that was worthless in the kingdom of God. From being used of God to becoming worthless in the things of God. That's what hidden sin does. It would take our life and it can render it worthless in the things of God. And that is not how God has destined any of you to live this morning in Christ. You're free. You're free of all of that. But there's a spirit of this world that seeks to leave you in a place of captivity. To leave you bogged down in a dry spirit. Listen to the words of Jesus in the Great Commission. Matthew 28 says this, Therefore, speaking to you and I, the church, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. And teaching them to obey everything that the Lord commands. Is there, is there not a spirit about where I give my life to the Lord and X amount of time and a certain date and I'm saved with absolutely no desire to be obedient to what the Scriptures teach? This is also living a way that Christ has not asked his church to live. Sin is designed, listen, to stop you and I from obeying the Lord. Think of that rule. It's not your friend. It plays with you, it promises you good things, but it's not your friend. It wants to stop you from obeying the Lord and wants to leave you in a place of discouragement and chained to a prison house. It'll slowly destroy you and what God has for you. Listen, an abundant life is many things, but a satisfaction in him, contentment, in him. His purpose is in him and his freedom is in him. Can you say amen to that? Your purpose is in him. Glory to God that God is a God of mercy. And you know something? When we fall, now listen, not if you fall, church, but when we fall, we don't fall into the place of sin. We fall into the palm of the hand of the Father because that's the Father that we serve. That's the God that we serve. When we fall, we fall into his hand. We never fall as in a place of disgrace and ruin, but we do fall, but we're still in the palm of his hand. But listen, maybe you need to hear this this morning. He's the God of second chances. He actually, he's the God of third chances, fourth chances, and if I had more time, I could keep going. He's the God of the second and third chances. And my, and my job this morning is to remind you of his grace and of his mercy. Many of you don't believe that to be true in your life. Maybe disagree with me, but listen, sin has taken your freedom, perhaps robbed you of the joy once experienced in Christ. But what the Bible tells me is this, and is found in Lamentations, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new each and every morning, for great is his 
faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness, church. In the prison house this morning, he hasn't changed. Our circumstances perhaps have changed. Our, our, our zeal for holiness perhaps has changed. But he has never changed. One thought. Sin is very powerful, isn't it? But it's not as powerful as the blood of Christ. It's very powerful. But it doesn't come close to the blood of Christ. For him who the Son sets free is free indeed. And, and through the blood we can overcome, overcome sin's downward pull in our inner man. And receive God's life-given spirit. Do I have much more to say here this morning? I'm going to wish it away on down to the bottom. And I just want to bring out of this today. I think I can say enough on this without going on. And it's a different type of service. I don't want to make it a burden for anybody. But I want to speak and minister to people this morning. I want to call each of you, and I believe the Spirit has said enough at this point to, to encourage you what the, what the Lord's saying. There's a way, perhaps, that you're living today and you're not free in Christ. And God's calling you out He's calling you out of that place where you've recited. That sin that's in your life that's, that's, that's got so hard for you to overcome that it's become part of your life. He's saying, no, there's no shackles between you and it. The door's open, the chain's off. You need to step up and rive out. And there's something that the enemy does when he, when he gets us to that place of where we feel shackled. We feel apathy when it comes to things of God. We have no desire. And I have experienced it in my own life. I recall hearing of a, of a young man got saved quite a long time ago and it, it didn't matter to me and I knew that wasn't me I used to rejoice my inner man would have leapt but thank God I heard recently that Cousin Julian's a, a head case to say the least gloriously saved and him and his wee lad away to the wee church in Armagh um, two Sundays ago and, and I mean a head case <laughs> and thank God there was a spirit within me that leapt in fact I phoned him yesterday had a great conversation with him. I phoned his minister and had a greater conversation with him because I'm in that place where I want more of the Lord. And the Lord's calling us out. Now listen, what the Lord wants to do, what, what the enemy wants to do is this. He wants to take you out of the place where God wants you to be. He wants to leave you in a place like Babylon. A place where you can't sing the Lord's song. I want to quote to you Psalm 137. It's very familiar. It says this, by, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept. This is Israel in exile. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. You know that place that, when it was so good? Do you remember that place when you were on fire for God, Zion? They, they looked back to the time that they were in the place where God intended them to be. They were now in a place of exile. They were shackled and bondage because of sin. It says, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept. And we remembered Zion. And there on the popular trees we hung our harps. And there are, listen to these words now, there are captors asked us for songs. Listen, they were being mocked. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing for us one of the Lord's songs. You know what they said? How can we sing the song of the Lord while we're in a foreign land? And I believe that's for somebody this morning. And you feel that you can't sing the Lord's song anymore in your life. You're in a foreign land, sin in your life has taken you a place of bondage. And you feel like these, these this people, this nation of Israel in exile, that you know what it is to sing. You remember the goodness that comes from being where you're meant to be in the Lord. And he's saying, come back. The enemy not only wants to rob you,
of your song. Listen, he wants to mock you. He wants to mock the people of God. Now, I'm closing with this. I want, I want to get this across. Because I believe there's going to be people set free this morning. I'm pushing through with this because I, I believe this. The enemy wants to leave people in that place where their instruments is hung up in the trees. They're sitting in a place of despair by the rivers of Babylon. And there's tormentors around them going, did you not used to walk with the Lord? Did you not used to be one of them people who went to the church? Did, did you not used to talk about the things of God? I see you swearing now. I see you doing this now. And as they're tormentors, and they're mocking the people of God who's in exile. And listen, there's a cure, you know. There's always a way back. This whole psalm is called the psalm of restoration. If we went through this psalm, we would see it speaks, depicts the very effects of the cross and Christ upon it. It's redemption. It's restoration. It's come back to that place where you can sing the Lord's song. And you know where the cure is found right throughout the Bible and it's found in Christ. But Psalm 40, I see a cure. Listen to the words of this. Bear in mind Babylon, the weeping, no song. <laughs> Can't sing. I waited patiently on the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. Listen, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, the prison cell, out of the mud and the mire. And he sat my feet upon the rock, which is Christ. He steadied me as I walked along. Listen to this. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. He has given me a new song to sing. And that's what he wants to do to his people this morning in Christ. He wants to give you a new song today to sing. You know, as a minister, the Lord gives you sometimes insight and he gives you spiritual insight and you can see things last month and I spoke to the men about it and said we need to get this church open because I've seen a coldness all upon the hearts of the people of God like I've never experienced in my life Met people who, who, who up until four months ago were on fire in the things of God I know people who've stepped out of ministries they've stepped down, they've stepped back they spend more time in Cranhole Caravan site and I'm calling it out do you want to know why I'm calling it out because I looked at my own heart and there was an iceberg beginning to form within my own heart. Up to the stage, if I didn't get back to church soon, I might not have come back. Greater work of the demonic underneath all of this, what's going on. I don't disregard or disrespect what's going on, but I look at the spiritual side and what I see is this. Like never before, Babylon has overtaken the people of God. There's more Christians that I would care to admit are sitting weeping. They've hung up their instruments. They've no song left on their spirit. They've no joy. They're not at all living as God wants them to live. And this morning we're calling it out and we're saying, listen church, the Lord's spoken. He sent his man, he called to Israel. He sent Isaiah and he sent me this morning. to say, listen, there's greater places, but there's that place of sin that it has to go. We're free. We have to raise up, step up and walk out. And we'll leave that with you this morning. He has given me a new song. Raymond, would you just play, I would love to call a prayer line this morning. Of course we can't. It doesn't hinder the work of God.